Greetings and welcome to the Trauma and Social Work Podcast. Thank you for listening to Season 2. You are listening to Tanya Octave, Licensed Clinical Social Worker. My goal is to provide education, resources, suggested practices, and understand more about the aspects of trauma and social work. This podcast is for you because we are all impacted by trauma. I am your host. Go grab your notepad, pen, or pencil, a warm cup of tea, and let's get down to business. This season is to focus on the voices of others impacted by trauma. Although I may speak on behalf of others with their permission, this is still their voice. You will hear from social workers, parents, families, children, teenagers, clinicians, and just so much more. You will hear from all people, regardless of their heritage, ethnic background, gender or sexuality, identification, social economic status, and much more. Let's take a deep, profound listening to all voices. podcast is not intended for medical, psychological, mental health, or legal advice. You should seek out a professional for individual and specific questions regarding your overall wellness. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. Let's continue to listen to the dynamics between Albert and his children. The last episodes focused on the father and daughter relationship. You heard about Albert's perception about the ways he experienced his daughter and their connection together. I shared a letter she wrote to her father while in college. This document was important to Albert as it was something he kept over the years. Now I will transition and talk more about Albert in terms of his relationship with his sons. Albert was blessed in his life to have sons. He had biological and a stepson, and each relationship was different from Albert's perspective. For this episode, I will explore how Albert understood his relationship with his son, particularly his older son, Then I will make a connection with the concept of the third briefly mentioned last week. In thinking about the parent-child relationship, I reflect on how having children will teach you things about yourself, bring you closer to your God, and leave you thinking and feeling at times many regrets. This was true for Albert. At the end of Albert's time on earth, he wished things had turned out differently for him and his children. He hoped that he would be closer to his sons and that they could have repaired some of the stuff from the past. However, one memory truly bothered Albert in terms of his role as a father to his oldest son. You see, Albert did what a lot of couples do early on in a relationship. You meet someone, you fall in love, and at some point you decide to marry and have children. 
However, for some of us, the children come first and then we marry. You want to do what's right based on your culture's morals, beliefs, and maybe other influences. Albert's childhood was difficult, and more than anything, he wanted a better future for his children. He did not wish his children to be exposed to the financial and emotional hardships he experienced. I've never, or at least I'll say I haven't met a parent in America that would not agree with this type of desire for their children. Parents typically want more for their kids. Let's get back to Albert. In his 20s, he married a woman he loved and they raised a son together. However, he didn't prepare for this stuff that was gonna come up, this unresolved and somewhat forgotten psychological stuff that would arise in this relationship. The marriage started off well, and then it changed. I like to refer to this process in which the individual starts to reveal more about the authentic parts of their personality. There is less acting. You see, the more time you spend with someone, the more you get to know them. You experience them in different situations, and this allows their personality to reveal their unresolved stuff. However, it can only be revealed over time and only revealed when that individual starts to feel safer. Albert enjoyed parts of his marriage, but he wasn't prepared for the other parts. He knew what it was like to be part of a family. He had a mom and sisters, you see, in a marriage, there are times you cooperate to avoid an argument. There are times you do things you don't want to just to prevent an argument. There are times you feel you are losing yourself because of someone else's needs. There is a lot of stuff that goes on, especially in new relationships and with first marriages. We don't consider enough about the ways our parents or parent-like relationship influences us as we're growing up until we get experiences like first relationships or marriages where they start to manifest. Albert saw all sorts of violence in the home. There was domestic violence in which his mother was emotionally and physically abused. He saw women being sexually exploited in many ways including his mother and aunts. Through his eyes, men got angry. They used violence. This was common for him. Remember, parts of Albert's story comes from slavery. So, though, so although Albert wanted to be happy, have a wonderful marriage, and raise a family together, he too would repeat these patterns. And I'll say this here. We repeat patterns. These patterns are repeated to help us remember. Mm, we don't want to remember. Therefore, the patterns will continue. It is not until we are ready to work on these repetitions in our life and are willing to remember that healing can begin. As Albert described it, it was in the afternoon. 
I got off work and I was tired. As soon as I got home, my wife started to yell. I can't remember why she was upset or a lot of the details of the argument. It may be something to do with the house. Now, I'm not a yeller, but she kept going and going, and eventually this got to me. I started to argue back. We fought. Then it happened. I hit her. I remember when it happened. I felt terrible. I also saw my son looking at me, and he started to cry. My wife ran over to him and picked him up. I felt horrible. This was the worst thing I had done. I apologized to her. I apologized to my son, and I left the house. I never wanted to do this, but there was something inside of me that just came out. It didn't feel like me. Although I got into fights with other boys growing up, I never hit a woman before. I knew it was wrong, and I knew the pain my mom went through. This was the first and last time it happened. And to this day, this is my regret. I suspect there are times in the lives of fathers in which intimate relationships are complicated. It is during these periods of difficulty that you behaviorally respond to a similar situation, but in a familiar way. Albert responded to this situation in this way because it was familiar. The point I want to make here is that we all do this. We respond to experiences based on familiarity. We do what is familiar to us in an automatic manner. Albert was not able to find a resolution or forgiveness for himself. He believed this impacted his ability to raise his son. His core belief was that he was not a good father and did not want to be a role model. So over the years, he did his best. He spent a great deal of time with his older son, raising him, taking him to sporting events, teaching him about life, being responsible, financial, financially stable. Then there is his son, Junior. As a teen, Junior struggled, as teenagers do. As a young adult and into middle adulthood, he continued to struggle. He had both positive and negative reports about the type of parenting he received from his father, Albert. However, it was not until Junior married later in life and had kids that the repeating patterns continued. You see, Junior started to experience difficulties with being married and parenting children. Initially, Junior didn't leave the situation. Junior never mentioned any physical violence, but there were mutual exchanges of emotional and psychological damage occurring in the marriage. Junior was repeating what he saw as a child, but what had also happened generations and generations before. 
I know only a little about Junior's perception, so I don't want to add stuff that's not true. However, I know that they are both repeating patterns because of avoidance, shame, guilt, humility, and fear. All this stuff is deep down in the core of one's personality. This brings me to the concept of the third. Psychodynamic theory tells us that the third is the space between one person and another person. It comes up when two people with two personalities, beliefs, feelings are fully engaged in an unconscious way. This unconscious exchange is filled with meaning, motives, justification, and behavioral responses. Some writers report the third as a way for two people to engage with each other in a recognizable way. Albert was part of Junior's life until he passed away. He felt he failed his son and regretted how he treated his ex-wife, Junior's mother. Junior expressed at times his father wasn't available when he needed him the most. Junior expressed his father abandoning him later in life. And to Junior, he noted this was unforgivable. Albert and Junior interacted in a familiar way. Not only are there repetitions in behavior, such as the violence in an intimate relationship, but this was also somewhat of a connection they both shared. They are repeating concepts of stubbornness, struggles with forgiveness, letting go, humility, and love. There is less written about the father-son relationship in the African-American culture. But what we know is that the culture, racism, poverty, and post-traumatic slave syndrome influence this relationship. This is the third. And unlike my psychodynamic counterparts, we can't exclude how deeply imprinted these concepts are even for Albert and Junior. For most who only know me through the podcast and have never worked with me professionally or clinically, I'll say this in sharing Albert and Junior's stories. This is about understanding, not about judgment, not about violence, not about adding a negativistic frame to the father-son relationship. It is about understanding. The father-son relationship is two men having an interaction. The interaction has meaning and comes from a place. So, let's do more to listen. Listen. Listen deeper to understand and show compassion and love and to hear with the third ear. Thank you for listening. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. Like below and subscribe to my channel. I will end by saying, the keys to happiness are following the path towards knowing oneself. Ancient Kemetic Proverbs.